Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to a very special following on podcast with me, Neil Manthorpe, as we're delighted to announce more international cricket will return to TalkSport 2 this month. We'll bring you live ball-by-ball commentary of Ireland's tour of the West Indies with coverage of two one-day internationals and a one-off T20, all taking place at Sabina Park in Jamaica. Our award-winning team will bring you every boundary and wicket from this Tuesday as the two sides go head-to-head in the World Cup Super League qualifiers with a place at the 2023 World Cup at stake. It all gets underway at 2.30pm in uh, the UK, and you can listen on DAB Plus Digital Radio online, and make sure you download the free TalkSport app, so you can take us with you. You don't have to miss a moment. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll bring you three exclusive interviews with some of the protagonists involved, as we speak to Ireland duo George Dockrell and fellow all-rounder Curtis Camphor, and Shamar Brooks will discuss how the West Indies will rebuild after a shambolic T20 World Cup. So sit back and enjoy. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. We start today's show by hearing from the West Indies youngster, Jaden Seals. The 20-year-old quickie made his test debut last year and could make his ODI debut in this series following a successful stint in the Lankan Premier League with the Jaffna Kings. Here he is discussing managing expectations and what it'll be like to play at Sabina Park in the coming week. For me, I tend to set very realistic goals. So I'm not one to say I'll go in and get a dream debut and probably get five on debut. That's not what I tend to look forward to. I try to stay and keep it as simple as possible. So I think I'll be under pressure majority of the time in my career thus far. I think I'll be under pressure seeing I'm the youngster and you know I've been performing, as you said. So now the media and everyone would just look at me. He has to perform or if he doesn't perform, the talk might come up. He's too young. So I tend to think, yes, there's pressure, but I don't take it on per se. I just go out and enjoy my cricket and play to the best of my ability. And I don't really 
go to social media during series or during a game. I tend to stay off of social media, stay off of reading comments. I just talk to my parents, my family back home, and keep my mind away from all the negatives and focus on the cricket. So being back in Jamaica at Sabina Park obviously gave me that extra confidence. So now once given the opportunities to go and repay the faith that the selectors have in me. That's the young West Indies quick, Jaden Steele's there. And one man who'll be looking to score runs off him is the Ireland all-rounder, George Dockrell. Following his introduction to international cricket as a, a frontline left-arm spinner, he's since transitioned to uh, moving up the batting order and becoming a genuine all-rounder. We discuss that and a lot more over the next 10 minutes or so. George Dockrell, thank you very much indeed um, for joining us. Uh, do you know what? I can't remember the last time that uh, an Ireland squad didn't have George Dockrell in it. How have you managed to stay 29 for so long? Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm very lucky with, with how, how early I came into uh, came into the game. Uh, it was my last year of school when I, when I made my debut and, and was pretty blessed by the circumstances that meant I did get my opportunity. Um, and obviously it's been quite an interesting career since then. Um, and I've transitioned now recently in the last year or two into a bit of a batting role, which has been quite refreshing for me. Um, and a bit of a new challenge. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm lucky to have, to, have, to have played as much as I have. I'm going to come on to that point about uh, your transition to a genuine all-rounder. But just in terms of preparation for this trip um, to the West Indies, it's obviously an important one. Uh, but you, you, you were looking forward to some ODIs against the USA um, in Miami, and they got cancelled. So that was a bit of a setback. Yeah, we had a bit of a frustrating month um, in December, obviously, headed over there and... and that tour kind of coincided with Omicron and all the issues that that's had, you know, not just through cricket worldwide, but sport and, and life in general. So um, it was a little bit frustrating for us that we, we had those issues and we had a few other problems early on in December, like myself and, and three other players actually caught COVID in early December, which delayed our um, our, our departure out to the US. And then obviously once we got there, then, then those remaining ODIs ended up being cancelled. So it's been a been an interesting month, but look, we're delighted to be here now um, in the West Indies, in Jamaica, and, and looking forward to the games here. George, you made 80-odd in the warm-up game against uh, Jamaica. Uh, so back to, to this transformation. I mean, as a 17-year-old, you were very much a left-arm spinner. I don't think that anybody, possibly not even you, regarded your batting that highly. But it's been a steady climb up the order. And as I say, you, you're now a, a genuine all-rounder. Is that something you set out to become? I think, look, obviously I came in and, and, and my spin bowling was, was obviously my um, strong suit. And I think it was almost every other aspect of my game wasn't up to standard probably when I first made my debut. So it was my, my fielding, my batting, you know, physically, uh, all those things I really, really needed to work on. And I think heading over to Somerset as well as an 18-year-old probably did me a world of good in that respect, you know, going over there and seeing you know, the other 18-year-olds I was up against and then they were all stronger than me, better than me batting-wise and, and, and fielding-wise. And I felt like, that was an aspect that I really, really needed to improve on. Um, so it's been something I've been, I've been kind of working away at. I probably didn't even give it enough focus when I was kind of 17, 18, 19, 20, and, and maybe only when I was in my early 20s. And, and again, I had a couple of seasons with Somerset with the twos where I was working with you know Steve Snell, really um, trying to become more of a batter. Um, and again, once I kind of moved back to Ireland, gave it a bit more of a focus. Um, but as I said, it's something I've really, really enjoyed doing. It's been quite refreshing um, having a bit of a role change and having something new to work on. Um, and I think within cricket, it, it, it's so nice when you can add value in, in both innings and, and makes training and games a lot more fun. So it's quite an easy transition to try and work on, I guess. 
This trip to the West Indies is um, is so important. I mean, I'm talk about the lack of cricket for the Associate Nations until I'm blue in the face, but the establishment of the World Cup Super League um, and, and automatic qualification for the, the World Cup, it really does seem to have added an enormous amount of context um, to, to one-day cricket. It has, and, and it's been brilliant for us, um, you know, having that, I suppose, that narrative around all our games, having a real clear focus towards these series. Also, I think, you know, putting more focus on series cricket about home and away, trying to really understand, you know, what games you need to win at home, you know, where, where, where you want to um, try and pick off wins when you're, when you're away and then how you're going to go about planning towards that. Um, and I think also as a team, it allows you to kind of put together a year's cricket um, in that sense, you're kind of building, um, you know, for each of these series. So I think it's been fantastic in that sense. It's a pity that um, obviously some aspects of it have been, you know, that it's, it's not going to be used going forward. But for us, I think it's definitely added a little bit more importance and, and we've really enjoyed it. Talking of associate nations, Ireland, of course, is a test playing nation. Um, but but talking of associate nations, I, I have to ask you about that extraordinary achievement of the United States beating you in a, in a T20 international in Miami a couple of weeks ago. That was massive for USA cricket. Yeah, look, it would have been a huge, huge day for them and, and credit to them the way they went about their business that day. Um, and even across the two games we did play was, was very, very impressive. Um, and I'm sure they were disappointed as we were to not actually be able to play that ODI series and get a little bit more cricket um, against one another. But I think, you know, from from personal experience, I think when you look at the teams um, across, across cricket in the world, you know, teams are really getting better, I think, um, which is fantastic for the sport. Um, and it's great to see. And I think, you know, teams like the USA are, are, are going to be on the up and they're going to push push teams and, and especially coming to these, you know, these qualifying events and, and global events. It's, it's what you want to see is, is new faces and, and, and that standard rising across the board, not just within the top 10 or the top five in world cricket. I think that's where we want, you know, that's where you want cricket to, to go ideally. So um, obviously, you know, from a personal point of view and from our squad, who's disappointed to have that loss, but I suppose like a great day for USA cricket and, and a good sign for, for where things are in, in global cricket terms. Is Ireland transitioning um, from the, the era of the, the famous players, the O'Briens, Ed Joyce, uh, no, Boyd Rankin, uh, you know, the, the names that were very familiar on a global stage, but there's some properly exciting young cricketers in this Ireland team. I mean, you, you're now the old man of the, of the team at, at, at 29. You're the senior pro, but Josh Little and Curtis Kampfer, two names that come to mind. Are you, is there an excitement, a buzz in this, in this younger Ireland team? Yeah, look, I think it's an incredibly different landscape to, to the kind of environment that, again, the Porterfields, the O'Briens would have come through. And even for myself, I suppose, you know, we had a, a very different path and a lot of it, you know, involved county cricket for players um, moving over there at a young age and kind of getting your, 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 your building blocks and your basics right over there. Um, but now it's quite different. You know, the, we have the support back home in terms of contracts for, for those players. Um, I think there's still a bit of a challenge around how we kind of develop them as best as possible. But you know, we're seeing the likes of Josh Little, who's been incredibly exciting over the last year. And and, and some of the wickets he's taken, some of the games he's, he's played in and the spells he's put together have been really exciting. And, and now he's getting that opportunity across, you know, Sri Lankan Premier Leagues and, and T10s and things like that to show just how good he is. Um, you know, we've also had the likes of Gareth Laney, as you say, some guys like Curtis Camphor or Harry Tektu have again come through more so the Irish domestic system and shown, you know, a real ability, you know, which in itself is exciting. 
I think it, we are definitely in an interesting place because I do think things back home need to keep getting better in terms of the facilities, in terms of the domestic cricket we're playing against one another and um, really push ourselves. But I think, look, the, the, the players are, are definitely there. Um, and I think looking at the wins we've, we've put together in the last year in ODI cricket shows that we have the ability to do that. I think it's just doing it consistently now. How important is uh, the contract situation? You were one of the centrally contracted players in October uh, last year. Does that fundamentally change your, your outlook and, and the way you prepare, your, just the whole way you approach the game? I think, yeah, look, obviously, I, I'm, again, one of the lucky people who kind of came straight in, came out of school, went in on, to, on a contract and had the ability to, to give cricket my full-time focus. Um, and, you know, since then, things have continued to build and, and support is there in terms of um, allowing players to do that full-time. Um, so I think, look, that's always been there and that's been great. As I said, I think the next focus is, is trying to keep developing on that domestic structure at home to make sure that we're really pushing ourselves um, when we are at home, because I think we, we, you know, we get the cricket now, we get the fixtures. Guys have the contracts in terms of being able to give it their full time attention, um, and now it's trying to understand how can we best improve domestically and, and against one another, and making sure that we're also producing the players to come through to take those contracts to play in those games as well. So, um, look, it helps that we have those contracts, and I think there's some other areas now that we need to work on. You mentioned Somerset a minute ago, um, and you had some outstanding performances. Actually, I remember you started at the speed of light I think you took six for in your first game but is that an itch that uh, you'd like to scratch again county cricket would you like to have another crack at it yeah look I absolutely loved my time with Somerset um, you know I went over there and I'd, I'd gone over when I was maybe 15 or 16 Brian Rose had brought me over um, and I remember doing a session with um, Jackie Birkinshaw back then um, and absolutely loved it at 18 it was an option that I was more than happy to pursue. Uh, and again, at that age, it was it was brilliant for me to be in that environment with that coaching setup. Brilliant club, great supporters and, and an incredible staff as well of players that I got to rub shoulders with, obviously, for those five or six years. Um, but I suppose then the landscape changed in terms of, um, you know, Irish commitments, um, obviously ECB rules in terms of us being overseas, um, which really changed that kind of that landscape and the opportunity that, that, that Irish players had, uh, which I think was a real shame and a real pity. Um, that that's how things went uh, you know obviously now I feel like my um, interest is, is, is back home domestically with Ireland trying to work on things there um, and continue to develop things from there but yeah look it was, it was a time that I really really enjoyed um, and look back with a lot of really really fond memories and, and some great friendships now. It's for the future I mean I you know Cricket Ireland seem to be trying extremely hard uh, to work on the fixture list and uh, there's a couple of games against South Africa um, this summer uh, coming up Talking of, uh, of South Africa, they were over in Ireland um, last summer as well. And you had them under real pressure uh, in the T20s in particular. I mean, I think they were 70 for five um, in a couple of those games. Under, In fact, they might have been 40 for five in one of them. Learning to win, you know, is a difficult concept to define, isn't it? But you professionals talk about the difference between having a couple of great individual performances and making them count, learning how to win. Yeah, and I think that that South African ODI, the second one that we won, was probably one of our most pleasing on a number of you know in a number of ways. I suppose it was our first big win over a team at home. We've always had our success at World Cups um, and, and away from home. You know, beating England obviously the year before, um, a lot of success at World Cups. You know, 07, 2011, 2015. But yet, you know, struggling to actually do it in our own backyard. So that was something that we, we we've been really working towards, um, and the way we did it. You know, putting together a full first innings whereby guys, you know, set up the platform up top. Uh, we finished the innings well in the last 10 and then bowled nicely the whole way through 
took wickets the whole way. And I think it's putting together, you know, 100 overs of good cricket. That's the real challenge because I think you can be good for 30, 40, 50 overs of a game. Um, but if you fall away, that's that's when, you know, as you say, it, it becomes just a good moment or a good a day out for someone. And, and we need to be putting together good days of cricket and then good series of cricket as well. So that's our challenge. Um, and I think it's been pleasing that we've been able to do that now over the last while. Again, I think our challenge is probably trying to do that more consistently. But look, at, you know, where we were in that first ODI, we also might have had a chance at that. And um, we played well in that second game, then continued it through the series um, and on into the games against Zimbabwe as well. So um, I think it's a great sign of, of the cricket we can we can put together. And as I said, our challenge is to do that as often as we can. Just a couple more. Talking about big wins, of course, you beat the West Indies in the T20 International just a couple of years ago. Um, so um, I've no doubt that, uh, you know, that you believe you can have a proper crack at them again this time. Those big wins, they're so important for the next generation, aren't they? Not just for you, um, but when you, you know, when you can look back at, we beat the West Indies two years ago. I don't know, it's so important, isn't it, for the future, as I say, future generations and future series? Definitely, like, uh, for, for me, myself, when I first came into the Irish team as well, like, I would have always come in looking at those guys. Um, as I said, the William Porterfields, the Kevin O'Briens, the Trent Johnsons, and, and I would have remembered what they had done against those guys and you're rubbing shoulders with them and you take a lot of belief from that um, and it obviously gives you a huge um, huge boost um, you know, for cricket in the country as well um, and across the group and as I said I think if you look in the last um, you know the last year or so we've had some lovely you know great wins against England against South Africa um, our challenge again as I said is probably putting it together for a bit longer and um, we'll be a bit more consistent but we know we've got the ability there to, to win these games um, and it's great knowing that going into matches. Back to the subject of South Africa. What do you know about Heinrich Milan, uh, the new uh, coach taking over from Graham Ford? I know Graham Ford was very popular. Um, he's not joined you yet, has he? No, so I think he comes on board in uh, March. So, yeah, no, look, I've, I, I haven't dealt with him personally myself. Um, all the reports I've heard have, have been great so far. Um, and I think it'll bring a lot of energy and, and, a, and, a, and a great attitude towards, towards Irish cricket. He's obviously had a very successful uh, coaching career so far. So, um, look, we're all delighted to, to, to have him on board and I suppose to get working with him um, and seeing what ideas he can bring and, and, and help push Irish cricket forward. He has a reputation for being very innovative, thinking out of the box, being uh, very creative. Is that, <laughs> does that appeal? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think Irish cricket as well, in terms of how, how small it is sometimes and, and the fact that we're um, quite uh, insular at times, I think it's fantastic when you get these new ideas in, when you get coaches um, from outside of Ireland with with new thoughts on the game and and again probably one of the reasons why it's fantastic having some of our players now playing in these leagues around the world because you want to get as many new ideas and, and learn from as many people as possible and I think Heinrich will definitely do that he'll bring some great ideas um, ask some questions of, of players and probably coaches alike and then challenge everyone I think that's what you want is to be kept you know on your toes in that sense so I think definitely it'll be it'll be, it'll be good for us um, and as I said I think we're all looking forward to, to getting working with him soon. Um, I know Graham Ford was very popular. Um, when he um, announced that he, he wouldn't be renewing his contract and he'd be moving on, there was a sense of honest frustration that um, he perhaps hadn't, didn't have the tools or, or maybe Cricket Island didn't have the money um, for, for him to help the team move forward. Um, is that a fair... Was I supposed to pick up that sense? Yeah, look, and, you know, personally, Graham was fantastic. He was the one who kind of pushed for, for me to move into this batting role and to continue doing this with Ireland. 
as a coach, um, hard to put into words, I guess, how, how good he was and how he kind of empowered all the players um, and how much he got behind all of us. So, look, all the players were obviously gutted to, to hear that news when, when we did and very disappointed that, I suppose, Graham felt that way. Um, I think there are some unique challenges within Irish cricket. And, and as I said earlier, I think there's some things that we really, really need to put our focus into um, over the next while to ensure that we're actually, you know, we're moving the right direction and, and, and giving um, the appropriate uh, platform to succeed. Um, and as I said, you know, it's always disappointing when, when you're losing a coach of that calibre and, and someone who's given the players so much and not just me personally. Um, so it was disappointing. But as I said, hopefully Heinrich can come in and 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 move us in in that right direction. George, very very best of luck. Enjoy uh, Jamaica. I don't suppose you're going to get out and about and uh, get to see much of of Kingston and the Bob Marley Museum. But um, enjoy the hotel and very very best of luck in the series. Well, dude, thanks very much. That was the Island All Rounder, George Dockrell, speaking to me earlier. You're listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport as we build to our coverage of Ireland's Tour of the West Indies, which begins on Tuesday. Next up, we'll hear from fellow all-rounder Curtis Kampfer after a memorable World Cup campaign, and we'll get the lowdown on a new era for West Indies cricket with their top-order batter, Shamar Brooks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to 
listening to a very special following on podcast with me, Neil Manthorpe, as we continue to build up to Ireland's tour of the West Indies with two ODIs and a T20 International live on TalkSport 2 starting next Tuesday afternoon from 2pm. We'll bring you live ball-by-ball commentary and you can listen on DAB Plus online and make sure you download the free TalkSport app so you can take us with you. You don't have to miss a moment. Time now to hear from Ireland all-rounder Curtis Kampfer, who's uh, reflected on a memorable 2021 and discussed his journey from Johannesburg to Jamaica. I caught up with him a little earlier. First of all, let's talk about preparations for the series. They haven't been ideal, have they? Um, you know, you managed to get a couple of T20s in in Miami. That must have been an interesting experience for you. But then the ODIs got cancelled. So uh, are things back on track for the for the tour? Um, yeah, it's hard to say back on track. But um, yeah, we've had a few um, few problems and, and a few things with just COVID and isolating and a lot of days of quarantine and guys not getting the right amount of loads, I think. The perfect plan was to, to play the T20s and, and have the ODIs and have the mouths and the legs, you know, have three ODIs under the belt and come in for a warm-up game and and really have 50, 60 overs of, of bowling and, and guys of, of load of batting in. Um, so it hasn't really gone to plan, but I think we're trying to make the best of the situation. I think everyone around the world now is battling with this right now. Um, so, you know, the West Indies are also battling with it too. And a few guys are, have battled with it already, so... Um, it's kind of just getting stuck in and just kind of accepting that this is what you have to do and, and kind of just face it. All right, let's talk about the T20 World Cup um, and the four in four. I know you've done 100 interviews, uh, but you've had time to reflect on it now. Um, have you have you got have you got the four wickets on your phone? Can you sort of go have a look at them whenever you fancy the, <laughs> the, um, the Netherlands, of course, I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think I have it on my phone, um, to be honest. I, I did watch it back just to see exactly how they were, but... Um, yeah, it's just a, an amazing experience and, and something I'll cherish, you know, um, something you don't really think of. I, I think maybe because I had two reviews in there, I didn't really think of getting four wickets or even a hat-trick. You know, it didn't really cross my mind because it was like, yeah, I got one, had to review it, get the next one straight away, had to review the next one, you know. So it was like kind of a bit like bittersweet, you know. It wasn't like it was just like three straight dismissals um, and then the fourth, obviously. But um, yeah, it was really nice to have and just really happy to contribute to the team. I think that was the biggest thing. I think we needed wickets. We, the, the game had built up so much pressure and I was just just lucky that was my turn. That's it, Malinga, Rashid Khan, Curtis Kampfer. That's your your, your club mates. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's nice to be part of that, but I think all that matters is that we won that game, to be honest. I think that was more important. So from Joburg to Jamaica now, in, uh, it's been an interesting six-year journey. Um, but you're, you're, I mean, you're 100% committed. Uh, you know, there are... Um, there are sort of what I call passenger internationals who uh, who um, commute, but but you you made the big decision um, a few years ago. Now you moved to Ireland, you fully committed, um, and you were determined to to build a career for yourself. Have you ever? I mean, and congratulations, you have done. Have you ever had any doubts along the way? Uh, I, I don't think I had time to have doubts. To be honest, it all happened. <laughs> it all happened way too quickly. Obviously, being away from family and stuff like that, that's really tough. But, you know, when you, when you commit yourself to play international sports, it doesn't matter where you are, you're going to be on the road all the time, you know. So um, I'm happy where I am. I love Ireland. Um, it's a home for me now. My girlfriend's um, moving in with me. It's just a really good time, you know. I'm feeling like it's home. I want to go back to Ireland after tours and stuff like that. It's, it is my home. And I'm just really grateful that everyone open, accepted me with open arms and, you know, it went so well. Are you a goal setter? And... Um... Have you set any for 2022? 
Uh, yeah, a few, a few goals, but um, more, more, more personally on, on the cricketing front, I don't like to um, air those out too much, you know, because um, this, I keep with the t- in the, within the team and a few personal sets. But I think with team-wise, obviously qualifying for the World Cup is a, a massive thing. Um, one of our goals was to to do the ODI World Cup, obviously with the World Super League. That was our big thing of making sure that we're in the, you know, the top 10 or top 12 to make sure that we go to the qualifiers uh, to have an easier road through. But obviously with that uh, falling away by the side, um, we have to re- re-establish new goals. And I think our main goal right now is just qualifying for, for the next World Cup. What about your your journey up the batting order? I, I see that you were batting four um, in Miami. I know you started at seven, but you are a, a genuine all-rounder and, and that's what you want to be. Uh, I mean, you, you want to bat in the top six, don't you, regularly? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's, it's added a bit more uh, pressure and uh, responsibility. Um, which I've really enjoyed and hopefully I can thrive, you know. Um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So I just need to make sure that I can do it for the team. I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that I can do a job for the team. And if if it may be at five, six, seven or eight or nine, ten, eleven, as long as I'm in the playing eleven, I'm really happy, to be honest. Um, any any game you get to play for Ireland is a privilege and an opportunity. And I think that can't be be taken for granted, you know. What about county cricket? Curtis, do you, does that does that appeal? Would you like to give it a crack? I assume you wouldn't mind at some point in the future. Yeah, obviously, if I could get over as an overseas pro or, or do any kind of gigs like that, I'd love it. Um, anytime you can get out get out of out of your home country and go to to different different uh, environments and, and and conditions, you know, you can always grow you as a cricketer. And I think that's really good and have to an open mind, especially when I'm young. You know, I can have the opportunity to travel and do a few things. Um, so I think I, I definitely be open to that, and, and hopefully that can happen in the future. You're averaging over 50 in ODI cricket. So um, I think you probably deserve a place in the top six. Uh, hey, listen, the guys are playing really well. You know, it's nice to see Lorcan get some runs in, in, in the USA. You know, he, he's worked hard and, and it's just it's nice to see everyone doing well. Doc is getting some runs too, you know. Um, Harry in the, in the summer getting runs in the middle order. So I know we are a young, theoretically, everyone likes to call us an inex- inexperienced side, which which we are in the middle order, um, but we're learning and we're growing and we're just trying to put, to put together as many good performances as we can. I know you're a big believer in, in playing the ball and, and not the man and ignoring reputations. Well, at least I'm told you're like that. Uh, so you don't get intimidated by, uh, by, you know, playing England or the West Indies or, you know, the big teams. Yeah, well, listen, it's, at the end of the day, it is just someone trying to get you out and you try and not give the wicket away. Um, I think that's it. I think as soon as you start getting caught up in that kind of thing, you, you take your focus away from the job at, job at hand. You know, we're, we're paid professionals to do a job and, and we must do a job. And I think that's as simple as it is. You know, there's no point in looking at, oh, this guy, this and that, you know. At the end of the day, someone's going to play for West Indies, someone's going to play for Ireland. And their both jobs are to take wickets and score runs. So you just got to do yours better than someone else. And Ireland beat the West Indies in a T20 international just a couple of years ago in the Caribbean. So uh, I'm assuming you uh, you fancy your chances again? I think so, yeah. The conditions are a little bit different to what we expected, sure. Um, it's going to be tough, tough batting, I think, and in, in the morning and then the afternoon it should, should flatten out a little bit and, and, and offer a bit of spin. So it's, it's going to be a good contest with bat and ball and I think hopefully we can. You know, we've got our plans in place and, and we back ourselves and hopefully um, we can come good. And um, are you f- familiar with the, uh, the new coach, Heinrich Milan? No, I don't. I don't know him at all. I think um, I said that he's had a few few phone calls with him and chatted to him. And I think obviously pending his visa and things like that, he'll be he'll be over pretty shortly. And and we'll get to to meet up and and get working together. So it's really it's going to be an exciting time. You know, new times, um, fresh uh, fresh things in, um, and hopefully we can work well. What does the future hold, both short term and 
and long term for you and Irish cricket. Um, start with this summer. I know that South Africa are are visiting. Um, so they're coming over again. What else is in line for Irish cricket? I think there's a few tours. I think there's meant to be. I think Afghanistan released something with with Test match ODIs and T20s. I'm not sure if that that will go ahead or if that is true. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> I'm just a player. I just get told. Um, uh, <laughs> when the game's on, when we have to play them and, and get ready for them. Um, but I think Zimbabwe's on the cards too again. I think that's that trip's been postponed a couple of times, but hopefully a few test matches that'll be really nice to to hopefully be a part of. Um, I think I deserve a few test matches and, and, and get a bit more, you know. Hopefully, I think New Zealand are meant to come across or, and Bangladesh. I think it's meant to be a, a jam-packed summer. Um, and hopefully we can put some good results together and, and warrant a few more teams coming over to, to, to visit uh, the Irish shores. And I think that's going to be big for us as a team, making sure that we can warrant those those tours and get those tours ahead. Um, and then, um, yeah, obviously qualifies qualifies in February, and then hopefully the World Cup at the end of the year. And finally, there's some unfamiliar names in the West Indies squad. I bet your analysts have uh, had their work cut out of finding some footage of some of those players. Uh, no, Scotty's Scotty's very very good in, in fairness, um, and he's got he's got footage on everyone. They are a young young side. They're, they're doing a bit of a, a reshuffle and it's really exciting. You know, it's a little bit tough for us, as you say, to to get some footage on some of the guys and make up some plans, um, which which poses another threat. But also for us, new guys will have new pressure, you know. They, they'll, they'll be playing their first or under 10 ODIs themselves, so they'll be nervous to get some runs or, or get some wickets. So they'll be trying to change things up or, or, or try to do something different, you know, and we can, we can work on that and we can push that home and drive that home and take it to us an advantage. Final question. I just thought of this, and I know that you, you just said that you're you're only a player and not an administrator. But um, the idea of of teams coming to England for a Test series, stopping in Ireland um, and playing a Test match, uh, you know, as they come in, and uh, I mean that that would just seem to make perfect logistical sense and a win win for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think uh, personally, as a player, the more career we can get, the better. You know, I'll always be going for any games we can. Um, you know, even the same thing of us us flying over there and playing them in England. You know. No, no, no saying we can't do that either. You know, it would be nice to to get different uh, different surfaces and, and different facilities and, and different things we can play on, you know. And I think as a warm-up game or as, a, or as even just a, a pure test, out in our test for them, it's great prep. You know, they can get guys that can get a run out in similar conditions and, and we can get the, I'd like to say, a game that hopefully will, will benefit the Irish public and, and us as players. Curtis, a very, very, very best of luck in the series. Um, I know that uh, how exciting it is for you. I'm sorry you won't be able to get out and see much of Kingston, but um, enjoy the hotel. I hope it's got a good pool and <laughs> very, very best of luck in the series. Thank you so much and enjoy Cape Town. That's Ireland all-rounder Curtis Camphor speaking to me earlier today. And we end today's show by hearing from the West Indies batter, Shamar Brooks. The West Indies will be looking to bounce back from a disappointing T20 World Cup campaign as they enter a new era for this team. Here he is, speaking to me a little earlier. Shamar, um, Ireland are, as ever, not opposition to be underestimated. And of course, they they managed to win against uh, the West Indies in uh, T20 International uh, just a couple of years ago. So I assume you're, you're not taking them lightly. Yeah, definitely not. Um... I think as cricket is played on a day and it's just to go out there and play strong cricket, stick to the basics. Um, we have a decent team, um, some youth with experience. So it's just for us to go out there and play the cricket that we know to play and the result will take care of itself. 
after a disappointing T20 World Cup for the West Indies, um, I guess the rest of the world has an impression that it's a rebuilding phase um, for for the Caribbean. Is that is that the way you see it? Well, um, somewhat. Um, after the team that we would have selected going to Pakistan, there's definitely a lot of new faces there. I guess we are rebuilding in terms of probably the brand of cricket we'd be looking to play going forward from what we what we were seeing, I guess in recent World Cup. So, yes, I could agree with you there. You've been around for, for ages. I mean, I, I remember you playing in two under-19 World Cups and you, you somehow ha haven't managed to drop anchor <laughs> in the team and uh, you've just turned 33 now. Is this, does this feel like a, a second coming for you? Well, not really. Um, yeah, I have been around the world. I've gotten my opportunities in test cricket. Just made my debut in Pakistan in T20 cricket and... Hopefully tomorrow I'll be making another debut in one-day format. But yeah, um, things have been up and down, as you can see, at the highest level for me. But hopefully this could be the start of something special going forward. At your best, um, you are a delight to watch. Uh, you know, just you make it look easy, which I know batters don't like to hear when they're told that they make the game look easy because it's not easy. Is there is there a more of a, a steel to, to your game now or concentrate on tightening things up a bit? Basically it's just I guess doing the basics. Um I I I do I've heard it a lot, as you said, people say they make it make it look easy, but I guess it just comes down to how you prepare. Um since I've been here, the nets have been been pretty fierce. <laughs> so they've been doing some good work overs over the last couple of days and Already and ready to go if selected. Who were your idols? Who who did you look up to as a as a young cricketer? People like Brian Lara, definitely. I like Carl Hooper a lot for his ease, the way he played. Um, I'd have to say Desmond Haynes. He would be a, a local hero for me in terms of the area that I grew up in. Those would be three people, basically. I always wonder whether young cricketers in Barbados um, somehow find it a bit of a burden being Bayesian, um, given that Barbados, with its history of players over the decades, could could probably have been a test-playing nation on its own. Yeah, we do we do have a lot of cricketers in our, in our small <laughs> island. Um, I wouldn't say it's a burden. I guess the public of Barbados have seen good cricketers and to continue in that vein... And the level of cricket that is being played or being displayed in the last couple of years, I reckon they've been let down a bit. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a burden, no. I'd like to ask you about the, um, the World Cup Super League and um, the system that's in place with automatic qualification. Obviously, the West Indies uh, had to qualify for um, the uh, 2015 World Cup in a, in a pre-qualifier. Well, what do you make of the, of the Super League and, and having these three-match series where you can guarantee qualification and it gives a chance, of course, to some of the smaller nations? No, I, I definitely don't have a problem with it. When I look at, for the last World Cup, as you rightfully said, we had to qualify. And I remember speaking to the captain and Jason and it, it wasn't an easy road actually qualifying. So hopefully for the next World Cup, we wouldn't have to go go down that lane again and put in some good performances leading up to the World Cup in these games starting with tomorrow. Shamar, there's some unfamiliar names um, in the West Indies squad uh, for this series. Um, 
or at least, sorry, unfamiliar to, to the rest of the world. Can you tell us anything about, um, or Justin Greaves, um, Gurukesh Moti? I, I, we don't know, we haven't heard of them. Well, Justin is from Barbados as well. Um, he was given the opportunity to open in for Barbados in the last Super 50 competition. He didn't have a bad competition. I think he finished in the top six or seven and he run, run scores. Also bowls some medium pace as well and a good fielder. So he's a very handy cricketer. Go to Kishmoti. He's also, he played um, for the West Indies youth team. I can't remember which year it would have been, but he would have played West Indies at 19. He's been playing for Guyana in both ODI and for the Amazon Warriors in the T20 competition in RCPL. And he did well in those in those competitions. So I guess these two guys have merited their selection in terms of being in the ODI and the T20 squads. Talking of selection, and you just mentioned him as, uh, as one of your idols, uh, Desmond Haynes returning, um, well, not returning, but becoming uh, the uh, head selector, chief selector. That's... That's interesting. How important is uh, is his position, do you think? <laughs> I think any lead selector's position is very important. Um, I'm happy that he's been selected um, or been chosen or appointed for the job. I guess it's just for him now to get closer to the players and uh, I guess their own cricket and make the right decisions going forward. Looking ahead, uh, beyond this series, um, there's the, uh, the England Test Series uh, coming up. Uh, well, obviously, there's the five T20 internationals first, but um, do you see yourself now as uh, more of a white ball player or still multi-format? Yeah, still multi-format. Um, I've just been given a few opportunities in this in shorter formats, but I guess I've been looked at over the years more so for, for the test, test cricket or for the longer format of the game. Changing topic again, you had some experience uh, with Middlesex, didn't you? You played... Uh, at Middlesex for a while. Is um, county cricket something you'd uh, like to have another crack at? Definitely. County cricket is definitely something I'd like to, to get the opportunity to get in a few reading. Um, Middlesex seconds, that was in 2008 or nine, I think it was. Um, I only played about two or three games, though, because the weather wasn't that nice and <laughs> a lot of the games were rained out, but it, it was a good opportunity. I actually enjoyed it. And if given the opportunity again, I'll definitely go back. And cricket in the Caribbean, um, again, uh, you know, we, we talk from, from outside. Um, we, we always wonder about, uh, about the popularity and the health of the game uh, in the Caribbean. Um, when we get a few chances to go there, we realise that there doesn't seem to be any problem with it at all. But <laughs> is the... Uh, is the popularity and the, and the uh, expansion of the game still on course? Well, in recent times, I guess, the pandemic alone, the guys haven't been given the opportunity to play much cricket, especially our first-class cricket. I don't want to say it's dying. Like, when I was much younger, I know a lot of youngsters would be playing a lot of cricket. I don't see much of that now as when I was a youngster, but... I think the guys who are around the under 15, under 19, those guys are still keen and very interested in improving their skills and getting to the highest level. So this series um, against Ireland coming up and then the T20s against uh, England, important to lay down a marker, I guess, for a new era. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, from the way I've seen the team's letters, it seems to be going in a different direction now and 
It's just for guys to go there and stamp the authority and I guess impose themselves on on the world at this at this level of cricket. Okay, so final <laughs> final thoughts about uh, about Ireland. Uh, you must be confident, um, without being overconfident, that uh, you'll get the job done. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say overconfident, but definitely confident. It'll be interesting to to get out there and see what they put out there tomorrow. But it's never a team, you know, to underestimate. As you rightfully said at the start of the interview, as we said, we just got to play the cricket that we know, and the result will take care of itself. Shamar, best of luck in the series and uh, and thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Neil. That was the West Indies top order batter Shamar Brooks there. And a reminder, you can hear two ODIs and a T20 international between the West Indies and Ireland live on TalkSport 2 with our coverage from our award-winning team beginning this Tuesday afternoon from 2pm. So stay tuned to the following on feed for more content across the coming weeks and a reminder to join John Norman and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison for the Ashes Inquest after every day's play. The latest episode available to download right now. Thanks for listening again to the following on podcast from TalkSport. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.